0: Hey, Anchor family, great to be with you wherever you might be looking in today. Hope you're doing well wherever you might be. We're in a series, in fact, we're in part two of a series we've called Heaven is Home. And you know, I think one of my highest responsibilities as your pastor is to prepare you for heaven. Heaven is an incredibly important and a big subject in the Bible. Of course, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're centerpieces in the Bible. But right after that is eternity. And then I'll tell you why. I'm going to prove it to you in scripture. Here's the deal. The father sent his son to earth to die for us because he never wanted us to be separate from him again. John three sixteen tells us exactly that. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. See, What motivated Jesus to die for your sins is so that we would always be with him wherever he was, that's for sure. Listen, it's my prayer in this series that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to the reality of heaven, that you would see what God has prepared for you in a different way, for sure. Not only that though, in, in my motivation for this series. It's also that you would have a defense of your faith because there's people around you in your world who are questioning, is there a heaven? And I want you through the word to know confidently in your heart, God has prepared this amazing place for us. But here's the thing, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Now, listen, all of us know people who have passed away, loved ones, loved ones, We've gone to funerals and celebration of life services and our own mortality stares us in the face for sure. That's a reality. But listen, here's what we say every time. Well, that person is in a better place. But here's what I want to accomplish in this series is that you would actually know that that person is in a better place and that literally you could describe it to your friends and family. But, but what the word says the inherent word of God says about what he has in mind and in his store for us, wherever we might be. Now listen, people who study this kind of thing tell us in surveys that the vast majority of people, both Christians and non-Christians, really don't know that much about heaven. In fact, of that same group, 55% think that everyone is going to go to heaven someday. And as we, if you were with us last week and we're going to talk about it in a second, you know that's just not true. Now, and I, and I say this with absolute respect, but 1.6 billion people on this planet think when they die, 72 virgins are waiting for them. And an equal amount think they're going to be reincarnated. Depending how, how you lived life, if you were really good, you'd become somebody super important. And if you didn't, you could be an insect. But the Bible, the Bible tells us it gives us a clear view of the reality of what God has prepared for us. Nearly 600 times in this Bible, all the way from Genesis to Revelation and all the way through, God opens our eyes to what he has prepared for us. Let me read a, a scripture for you. It's in Colossians 3. Start with verse one. It says, since that we've all been raised to this new life in Christ, all of us who have been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, have been raised to this new life in Christ, It the word tells us to set our sights on the reality of, Now, that word cites in the original language, it means literally that our attention, our focus would be be geared thinking of heaven. It says, where Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and now your real life is hidden with Christ, our Lord, who, who has revealed through the whole world that he will, we will share in his glory. Now, if you were with us last week, I talked about this one thing, that every single one of us, everyone ever born is going to stand before God one day. And there's a question, and I talked about it in the scripture, if you, in, in the message last week, and if you haven't seen it, go back to part one of Heaven as Our Home. And we talked about us standing before God one day, gonna stand before him. And he's gonna ask us a question. And it's going to be something like this. Did you know my son? Did you know my son? Not did you know of him, but did you know him here? He's going to ask that question. And how we answer that question is going to determine where we spend eternity. Now, it's kind of an open open book question because the answers are in this book. And when we stand before God one day and he asks us, did you know my son? Let me tell you how he wants us to answer And it's not in words. It's in the way we lived right now. And here's how the answer should be. Yes, I loved him. He was the most important person in my life. I followed him. I love him. I read his word. I knew him. He knew me. We, were, we had a tight relationship. And when we say that before the father, that, on that day we stand before him, the father's gonna go, Yes, I see your name in the book of life. Come and experience what I have prepared for you. The other thing we talked about last week, which I think is incredibly important for you to know, and because theology tells us there's there's this word that theologians use that we have to know and understand. It's the principle of continuity or the principle of continuum. Because in that theology, tells us what God has prepared for us in this new life that he has prepared for us in eternity. And the word continuum is simply this, that you and I will be ourselves in heaven. We'll have our same history. We'll have our same personalities. we are same our same appearances. We'll have our own likes and dislikes, our own passions, our everything. That's who we are gonna be in heaven. In fact, the world you live in right now is gonna look a lot like it is in heaven. The world, this amazing earth is going to be like that in heaven. The Alps are going to be where they are. The Grand Canyon is going to be where they are. Yosemite is going to be where it is. And we're going to be with our family and friends, enjoying the life kind of like we have right here, you know, enjoying coffee with friends, dinner with friends. But here's the exception, of course. The word clearly says that without any pain or sorrow or death, none of that, that's wiped away but we'll live in this incredibly beautiful, peaceful place. Here's how I like the word continuum. Here's how I like to paint the picture. Someday, and I believe this with all my heart, with all my heart, someday I'm going to be golfing with my friends. We all love love God passionately. And I believe deep down inside that I will be with them. And I believe this, that you will be doing the things you love with the people you love when we get to eternity. It's, uh, it's incredibly important that you understand just that, that our lives here on earth are gonna look a lot like they do in eternity. So today I wanna to give you some theology and some scripture, because I want the scripture to be doing the talking. I want God to speak to us about what he's prepared, not what Rob's thinking about, but what the word clearly says. And it has to start here. There's gonna be this moment in time, this incredible moment in time called the rapture where God is gonna come down and reunite heaven and earth together. It's gonna be this incredible day. And it says it in scripture. So I'm gonna read it for you. It says this in Thessalonians It really talks about this moment. In First Thessalonians 4, it starts here. It says in verse 13, it says this, Dear friends, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Let me stop right there. Many people, many people on this planet are really fearful of dying because they're fearful of the unknown. They just don't know. But if you're a believer, God just said it, he wants us to have confidence. In fact, faith is taking God at his word. And it is in his word that says it's impossible to please God without faith. And he wants us, more than anything else, not only to have faith in his son for dying on a cross for us, but to have faith of what he's prepared for us. It says this, he doesn't want us to grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe Christ died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns at that moment of the rapture, he will bring back with him the believers who have died. And what's that saying? That he's bringing back everyone who has, who's in love with his son together to live with him. It goes on to say this in in verse 16, describing this very moment in time called the rapture. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with a voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. That, if we're alive at that moment, it is going to be the most frightful and exhilarating moment Ever. Because those who know God and understand his word, that what it says here in Thessalonians, we are gonna be exhilarated going, I knew it. I knew it deep in my heart. I knew God was who he said he was. And there's gonna be others at that crazy moment because at this moment, life as everybody knew it is coming to an end. And those who didn't know Jesus knows, "Uh uh-oh, this is not a good day because this day is what they're hoping for is not gonna happen. It goes on to say this, it describes it completely in Revelation, this moment in time. And if you're taking notes with me today, write this down. Heaven is for real. And I wanna read this incredible scripture in Revelation 21 that describes, God describes for us here in Revelation what his plans are. Here, it's in uh, Revelation 21, starting in verse one. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth and the old heaven and the old earth Had disappeared. And the sea was also God. Now, let me pause right there. Some of my dear, mature Christians out there who love to surf, they always read this verse thinking that the seas, the oceans, no more surf in this new heaven and new earth. Yet, you see, the sea was also God. I want want to understand, and it's going to describe it here in a second. Look at 71% of this incredible earth, this beautiful place God created is water, and 94% of all creatures on this planet are under that water. God is not changing that. He created it, that's gonna be, that's that whole principle of continuum or continuity is built in that. But here's what it really says. The old earth and the, old, the new old heaven had passed away and the sea also means that the separation that we have now between God and us, will disappear. And let me show it to you. It says it right here. It says this, and I saw an old, a holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And then I heard a loud shout. That's that moment in time we were just talking about from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people and he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and he will take away all the death and sorrow, crying and pain. All these things will be gone forever. Isn't that good news? And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to to me, to John, who was writing Revelation, write this down for what I am telling you is trustworthy and true. In other words, what is written in this Bible, God is saying, this is true. Take it to the bank. Then it finishes by saying this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who thirst, I will give freely from the spring of the living water. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And all, what it's saying is all those who know me and love me will inherit all these blessings. And they will, I will be their God and they will be my children. So let's talk about that verse we just saw. It says, a new earth. And the, in, in the theologian, Randy Alcorn, in his book, Heaven, in fact, if there's people out there who want to take this to a whole new level of understanding, I recommend that book, Randy Alcorn's Heaven. But he says this in, in, in his book. It says, the problem is not that the Bible doesn't tell us much. It's that we don't pay attention to what it says. Now, let me explain. It said God used the word new earth. He used earth for a reason. We know earth. We live on it right now. It's an incredibly phenomenal, beautiful place that he created. Incredible. No one could possibly believe that there was not a creator, an architect, a designer about, around this earth It is clear that God created this incredibly beautiful place. When he talks about a new earth, he's not talking about wiping this one away in no way. In fact, in Genesis, in the beginning of the Bible, it talks about in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and he went back through all the creation story. And then in verse 31, it literally says this, that he stepped back and looked at his creation and said, "Whoa, that's good. God's not gonna destroy this. God's going to redeem it, to restore it, to resurrect, to resurrect it back to his original plan. That's the plan he had. Of course, the earth will not be affected by sin or pollution or all the craziness that brought, got into this world to begin with. He's fundamentally at the core of who Jesus was, willing to die for our sins. He's also saying, I wanna restore it back to the original plan. And that was his purpose for us that's a whole notion of continuum another theologian wrote this it says the symmetry of god is unmistakable we are living now in the in between of what was and what is going to happen and then he quotes this verse in ephesians 1:10 and then it says then is this the plan at the right time he will bring everything under the authority of christ everything in heaven and on earth. In the Bible, the word also talks about in heaven there's going to be cities. I could quote a few verses but let me show you the one in Hebrews 10 11 10. He, uh, Abraham so it says this, Abraham was confidently looking forward to the city with the eternal foundation, a city designed by God. In the word, it talks about cities being in heaven. It uses God uses the word cities again. Because we know cities. We live in one right now. the, the, The house we live in, in the neighborhood we live in, is in the city that we live in. Cities are known to us. Cities have people. They have buildings. They have homes. They have architecture. They have commerce. They have it's, it's an incredible place. It has its own vibe, its own culture. It has its own music, its own sports, its own entertainment. It is incredible. We live in one and God wants us to understand in this notion of continuum and what he has prepared for us in heaven. He doesn't want it to be out of our minds. He wants, to be, he wants us to understand it. And if we understand cities, we are going to be in a city in heaven with our loved ones, with the people that God's put in our life. That's the that's a, that's a picture he wants us to have. That's why he used the word cities. He also uses the word country in the word as well. And we know countries. Countries have people that are that are alike in language and nationality. All those things are wrapped up in countries. We understand countries. And so that's that whole notion that what God has prepared for us is going to look a lot like it does right now. Then it talked about a new heaven. Of course, heaven. And the word is clearly is where God is. Heaven is where God is. And God said in his word that he is coming to earth so that he would always be with us. That's the beauty of this new heaven. And let me read it to you in scripture. It's in Revelation 21. And i pick it up in verse, verse 10. It says this, so that, and this is John talking in Revelation. So he took me to, in spirit to a high mountain and he showed me a holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone like the glory of God. It sparkled like precious stones, like jasper, as clear as crystal. The city walls were broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on those gates." And there were three gates on each side, on the east, north, south, and west. And these walls of the city had 12 foundational stones, and on those were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And in verse 15, it says this, the angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick, and he measured the gates and the walls. And when he measured it, he found that the, it was square, as wide as it was long. In fact, It's linked with height where each 15, 14, excuse me, 1400 miles. In the word, it's not vague. The word is not vague. When we understand the word, it is very, it's, it's comprehensive. God wants us to know there's proof in the word. That's why he's so detailed. He's saying that this city is going to be incredibly large and incredibly beautiful. The verses that right after this, a verse which I won't read, I'll describe for you. It talks about the incredible beauty of this new Jerusalem. It's gonna be incredible. There's a river running through the center of it with trees bearing fruit on each side. The streets are clear gold. I believe this that this new heaven is going to be actually where Jerusalem is today. And many theologians believe that. Geographically, this new heaven is gonna be exactly where Jerusalem is right now. It is gonna be the capital of the earth. People will come from everywhere everywhere coming into the gates and says in the word that those gates to the city will never be closed. There's gonna be an angel there welcoming you in. We have the ability to be with God where he is. That is an incredibly important thing to understand. Now, if you're taking notes today with me, heaven is a real place, but also I need you to know this, and the word clearly says this, heaven is a restful place. Listen, we live in a world today full of stress and anxiety and worry, sleeplessness, all that goes with the human condition today. The one thing it's devoid of is rest and peace. And God designed us with rest and peace in mind. And the word even says in John that, In John uh, 27, it says that the peace that he gives is a peace the world cannot understand. It's far beyond anything that we can understand. And we will never understand the true totality of God's peace in our lives until we get to heaven. Here's the thing, there's been many people seven in the Bible, and others throughout the centuries, God has given a glimpse of heaven so that they could report back to mankind what we can expect in heaven. Every single one of those people were struck, struck at their very core of how peaceful and restful heaven was. It was incredible. I mean, think about this. God's with us. His intense love for us is with us every day. Every day we wake up in heaven. It has to be incredible. We're incredibly secure in who we are and the light that we're we're gonna blow our minds every morning going, I can't believe I'm here. This is incredible. The peace and rest that's coming our way is gonna be phenomenal. Let me read you a scripture just about that. It's in Hebrews, Hebrews 4. It says, God promises of, of us being able to enter into his rest. So we tre- we ought to tremble for with fear that some of us might fail to experience. In other words, here's the deal. We're talking about heaven. There's gonna be people who think they're gonna get into heaven who aren't. And it just said, we should tremble for them. We should worry about them. And actually what he's trying to say is we should absolutely not let anyone we know not know the reality of heaven so that they would be with heaven. He says, It says, they tremble that they don't know what they're about to experience for this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did, it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those of us who listened to God. And here's what I want you to see here. And only we believers who believe can enter into this rest. Heaven is going to be an incredible, restful place. Now here, taking notes with me, I want you to write this down. Heaven is a relational place. Heaven is a relational place. This is incredible for us to understand. So this is what I'm talking about today. This is important for you to know, the theology behind heaven is a relational place. Of course, in heaven, we're gonna be with God, which is the ultimate, for sure, without question, the ultimate, our ability to have a living, face-to-face, physical relationship with God. We will experience his peace, his presence, and his joy and peace in our lives when we're in heaven. That's gonna be incredible. But also, you need to know that you are going to be you in heaven. The very core of who you are, your personality, your appearance, all that, is gonna be you in heaven. It'll be unmistakable you. Of course, here's the beauty in 1 Corinthians 15. It says we literally get a new body, like an upgraded body, like this incredible body. I mean, it's like, think about it this way. Like we have this word processing software in our computers and every once in a while we're told to upgrade them. It's still the same same, uh, uh, application, but all of a sudden we put the new upgrade in it and all of a sudden, whoa, it's got more bells and whistles. Well, clearly we, when we get to heaven, he it, it says that we'll have a new body. First Corinthians 15 says we'll have a new body. He uses the word body just like he did city and earth. So, cause we know body. We live in one right now. We understand it. We understand what it's like to be in a body, what our capabilities are. It's who we are. And God says in heaven, you will be you in this new upgraded version. And we have a picture of that version in the Bible because Jesus had a resurrected body after he came back to life. The word says that he was known to people. Many people see him. He ate with them. He talked with them. He laughed with them. He had all the five senses. He was a human being in this amazing body. So will we be in this transfer body. It did say he had some upgrades, because he could get places very quickly and he could disappear pretty quickly. And most theologians believe that will be our condition in heaven, that we'll be able to literally move about pretty quickly. That's a, that's an amazing thing, right? But we'll also be with our friends and family, living life to its fullest because that's the the, the the principle of continuity. The people in our lives right now are literally gifts from God. When God created us, He was thinking of us. When He created them, and then and created thinking of us when He created them because we were gifts to one another. This is going to be an incredibly relational place. Many people, many people, they. They, they fear what their life is going to be like. They literally tell me, oh man, I just got to live for the fullest here because, you know, and the way they describe it to me, it's like heaven is going to be a downgrade. No, no, heaven is going to be where what we're experiencing now, only incredibly more beautiful, incredibly more powerful. We live there forever. God wants us to know heaven's a real place. It's a restful place. And it's a place where we can and allow our relationships to grow, not only with God, but with others. So today, as I bring you the word, I hope I've encouraged you to understand and have a confidence of what God has prepared for us. And next week, I'm going to tell you some some things that you might not have known about heaven, some fun facts, and then I'm going to complete that message because heaven is also a rewarding place. And I hope you join us next week. Let me pray with you right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, that each one of us looking in the day, Lord, would would your Holy Spirit would give us in our hearts a glimpse of what you've prepared for us, Lord. That we would literally have a confidence that our worst days would be defined by us thinking of heaven. And it would rethink what we what were the worries and concerns that we're having now because we'd be thinking about what God has prepared for us in eternity. So, Lord, this very day I pray that your Holy Spirit would flood our hearts with knowledge, with words of wisdom and revelation, that we could live with confidence and boldness, uh, that you've prepared this incredible place for us in eternity. And we pray that that in Jesus' name. Amen. Also today, I want to also pray for those who might not know Jesus. In John 14, it says this, and we read this for last week. He says, the word says, don't let your hearts be troubled. For I, if you trust in God and also trust in me, I'm going to prepare a place for you. It says that in John 14. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I'm going to come and get you. And it goes on to say, and you know where I'm going. But Thomas, one of his apostles, goes, no, 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 no. I don't know where you're going. He goes, I don't know the way. And Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father. No one can enter heaven except through me. And if you're looking in today, this is the question you're going to be asked one day. And I want you to have that answer right now. So if you're looking in today, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment Let me pray with you right now. Lord, forgive me for not acknowledging that you are real, Lord. Forgive me for doing my thing my way, Lord, and never even thinking of you this very moment, I'm accepting you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for giving, for dying for my sins. Thank you for give, forgiving my sins, Lord. I pray for these people looking today that are accepting you as our Lord and Savior. You send your Holy Spirit in them in a powerful, tangible way, Lord. And that, that th- this very day, this very day, Lord, would be the, the start of something brand new in their life, loving you. And I pray this thing's in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. If you just prayed with me to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would love to know about it. There's a phone number at the bottom of the screen right now. Can you reach out to me? I'm so encouraged by those who do. Well, hope you join us next week for part three of Heaven is Home. And I hope you have a great week. Thank you.